Welcome to the Life Success Legacy Podcast. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Like to welcome back our listeners to the Infinite Banking Concept or Life Success and Legacy Podcast, where we teach the Infinite Banking Concept. My name is Chris Bay, and I'm one of the team members at Life Success and Legacy. Um, we promised in a previous podcast that we were going to have Frank and Rachel Keck back to talk about something that they are um, very passionate and very skilled at, and that is culture. Now, we'll unpack what that is. Um, but they specifically work with businesses um, to help them develop the culture of those businesses. Uh, Frank is the CEO of his business called Core Build that he and Rachel actually built together. He is passionate about helping organizations, workplaces, etc. get better from the inside out. You like how I pulled that right off your website? I do. <laughs> it's like, that's really good. That's really good language, Did he just isn't make it? that up? That's right. And Rachel, who helped with Core Build, mm-hmm. um, has actually taken on a new role, which mm-hmm. is pretty exciting, mm-hmm. uh, as we've had conversations over time about. She is the Director of Culture and Development for a business called Clemens Life, which is a full-service real estate company. We'll... we'll talk more about I think that she's getting a, a new bit. title. Oh. You just get a well, new title? I, but before we dig into that, I just want to say... Did she get a raise with that? No. I don't I know, but title. so it's been about a year <laughs> since she left, and I just want to say in front of Chris and Mike and everyone else, right? I miss working with her. Oh, <laughs> Crawford, do we have that recorded? This is the first... Thank you, Michael Crawford. <laughs> oh, there's a smooch happening Thank you. Auditorially here. He's resisted here. that. He's resisted And when you were doing the opening, I, right. just, I wanted to like get my radio voice out and do the opening with you. Welcome to Life, Success, and Legacies <laughs> podcast. I'm your host, Chris Bay. <laughs> so explain in two to three sentences what is culture, mm. and and specifically I'm curious about why? Okay, first, let's just define culture in the context of the business world. I'm going to let Rachel answer this one. Okay. Well, I would be interested to say my definition of culture and your definition of culture. Okay. My definition of culture is how we do things. Mm-hmm. That's what's how we work together. How we yeah. work together, what's important, what our values are. Okay. My definition, Chris, of culture is how we do life no, but you, together. I feel like I want to correct your definition. I'm sorry, I won't do that. Let me just back on up with that. He, but the reality, I, I miss. Will, I miss you correcting. Oh, you do. Yeah. Don't. Well, you just like discounted the year. Okay. the The point is, when you define culture, many people have different definitions of mm-hmm. what culture is. Mm-hmm. But is it's a collection of many things. First yeah. of all, of people mm-hmm. and their habits. Processes. What's your other? Their side? likes, their dislikes, um, their passions, their heart, their mind, their soul—all mm-hmm. those things. But ultimately, and then you combine that with processes and uh, throw a business in there. Ultimately, it's how it's all woven together, though. Is what when you think about workplace culture, it's mm-hmm. how all of those things come together. It, it, what when you're defining this, what it makes me think of, and and this may not be directly related, but it's it's almost something that you can't describe. So, for example, 
um, if somebody asked me why I love my wife, Sean, mm-hmm. I could give an answer. But the truth of it is it comes from a place where I don't have language because I would say, well, she makes me laugh. That would be your or, limbic brain. Thank you. And I don't have language in my limbic, bra- limbic brain. Nobody does. And so I could say why I love Sean. And, and let's just say because she makes me laugh, which is true. But there's other people that make me laugh and I don't love them. Mm-hmm. I don't have language for it. And so to me, culture, when you walk into a business or a school setting or any place, you get a very quick sense of what that culture is. When I would give school tours back in my principal days, I would say you're going to get a 10-second experience and a 10-minute experience that will either validate or not your 10-second experience. Right. You're going to know within 10 seconds what it feels like. 10 minutes later, you'll know if that's true or not. Mm-hmm. Right? Interesting. We were doing a workshop yesterday with um, five companies going through a fintech accelerator. We were talking about what's your culture's persona. Because culture is a living, breathing thing. And it does. It has an energy to it that's a culmination of everybody that's there plus the work environment. Or there's so many things that go into it. And so it's not just... You can't just say, well, these are our values and that's our culture. You can't just buy an ice cream machine and a pool table. It's all those things together. Yeah. So explain for us, how did culture become so important to the two of you? Where did this come from? That's an interesting question. I don't think I've ever been asked that question I've been asked that question multiple times have you well you go first then so for me it first occurred I was working for a large electronics firm not named Best Buy named Circuit City I wasn't going to name it but they're out of business (laughs) and so I would go to work every day and I loved the people I worked with and I thought being around electronics was really cool But just the culture of the company, they didn't care about their people. And one of the senior VPs came in one day, and he started getting on one of my employees' um, cases. I was a store manager. And he said, don't argue with me. You're just a number. I can replace you. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't believe that. That's not not cool, right? I I don't share that belief. That's I completely disagree with you. And that was, from that day on, I thought, I have to get out of here. Hmm. And so that was my first awareness of, uh, you know, culture. And we didn't call it culture back then. We just called it a bad work environment. Right. But it's because I wasn't aligned with what their values were. And Mm -hmm. I thought, man, I don't ever want to work in a place like this again. I only want to work someplace where where people value me and what I do. So that's why you became self-employed? (laughs) <laughs> I became self-employed pretty much because I didn't. I thought I could do a better job than the knuckleheads I was working for. Right, and I right. and I and I have succeeded at that. <laughs> so um, you guys worked together within CoreBuild, and you got to work with other businesses um, or entities, cities, etc., to help them develop culture. Yes. To help them progress with their culture. Um, Rachel has since stepped away. And actually, as you guys were consultants working with groups, you now have stepped into a business to do this. Can you um, explain a little bit about what you do and why what you do? Mm-hmm. Well, so I just had this 
you know, growing feeling that I really, well, I, I actually, I know the moment that it happened, I was working with a group and I wasn't making a lot of headway with the group because the leader wasn't budging. And, um, there was just a lot of resistance with the leader, but our hours were out. Mm-hmm. I mean, the pro- program was done. The consulting agreement was over and it was kind of, I mean, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I felt horrible inside. And I thought, you know what? I'm asking people to open up. Um, I mean, because that's what I bring. So I bring some safety and you can come in and you can be real and we can talk it out. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm not going to hold it against you. And we want this to make everything better. Um, but if I am on the outside doing that, I have no influence long term with that. Mm-hmm. And so... I thought, I, I think I really want to do this on the inside for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't like dropping in, creating something safe, and then leaving it before it's technically safe. Mm-hmm. And so um, that really, that and just recognizing when we um, did our brand rebranding process from Accelerant to Core Build, Noticing some of Frank and I's interactions and how we were both kind of just trying to make each other happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd gotten to the point where it was like he he would do what I say, and then I was trying to figure out what he would want, and it was just like, you know what? I think it's time for me to do something else. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I did a lot of networking and conversations, and um, and found a place where now I can go inside and do the same sort of work which has been super fun and so, challenging. So Clemens Life yeah. is a real estate company? So we are a, a full service kind of boutique um, com- yeah, commercial real estate firm. Mm-hmm. So we have commercial you know, buying, selling, leasing of properties. We have property management um, and then we have construction management. So okay. Midtown Kansas City family owned company and when you were, if I remember correctly, when you were interviewing or going through that research project, you're mm-hmm. checking them out, they're checking you out. Mm-hmm. One, for a business like that to be looking at a position like that is eye-opening. Yes. Secondly, I believe you were talking about that when you were interviewing with them, they were currently reading a Brene Brown book. Well, they, no, so that was a different company that oh, okay. I was falling okay. in love with. But, okay. um, but I would, the conversation was more about, I had realized at that moment that anything I do is going to be around what I consider the role of chief heart officer. Mm. I want to step inside to a company and I want to deeply care about the hearts and the organization and then ultimately how that all comes together to create a the heart of the company, which was the culture, right? Mm-hmm. And so I knew I had, in February, I had gotten to this point where I knew that's what I wanted. Actually, it was probably, yeah, it was kind of February, March-ish. And at that point, I met, um, our, I had uh, coffee with our friend Todd. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for a small firm, this is a small firm, like we have 48 people total right. to invest in culture before HR, because I HR is under my kind of... On my plate, but mm-hmm. it's not... I mean, they know I'm not an HR expert. Right. I'm a people expert. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was... Yeah, I mean, it kind of was saying what's important to them. Of course, now now the hard work begins. Yeah. 
So, Frank, I'm curious, how many organizations that you work with as a leader, consultant, etc., have taken the step to hire or create a position like this? Do you see that ever? That's it. And, and if so, are we seeing trends? Like, do you see this in parts of the country and it's starting to come to other parts of the country? Or what, what's been your experience? Because you work all over the country. Uh, I, we are starting to see this more and more as people realize, hey, this is important and maybe it can't just be somebody who does it an hour a week. It's mm-hmm. got to be somebody who's completely vested in it. So she's probably my favorite person that's started doing this, but we've had other clients <laughs> who have done that. And we have other clients that are just trying to have somebody do it part-time. Right. And it's not going well. Mm-hmm. And they, and it's usually the HR person. Mm-hmm. And the HR person mm-hmm. says, okay, I have three hours a week to do my culture stuff. Well, you can't, it's, it's not just like one activity. Right. You've got to be fully immersed in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the companies who are saying, you know, this is important. You've got to have somebody to own it, which has got to be the, the founder or the CEO or the COO. Mm-hmm. And you've got to have somebody who drives it. Yeah. And it can't be the same person. But if you have those two people, one owns it and says, hey, this is important. I'm going to make sure that we're all in, involved in this. I'm going to tell the troops that this is important. I'll pay for it. Right. Um, invest in it. That's really important. And then got to have somebody who day-to-day drives it. And so Rachel's situation, they've got an owner who is very much, hey, we want to create a great place to work for everybody. And then she obviously has immense qualifications to do it. Mm-hmm. And she has a pretty good mentor. I will I will acknowledge Frank's mentorship since he said he missed me. Oh, that's sweet. Not to be this super transactional about this it. This is a moment and it's recorded. Thank you. Yeah, that's forever. special. Um, Frank, can you paint a picture for our listeners? Um, give us a an example, a success story. So, for example... If you started working with this organization and here's the process we went through and here's where we landed, what does that look like? What are you proud of? Um, can you share some of that? So I just I have a client I've been working with for about a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a construction company. And there's six people in this. <laughs> Michael just held up six fingers. I don't know what that means. All right. <laughs> Completely threw me. So I have this construction company and hi, are we on the podcast? We are. So I started working with um, a part of this uh, company about a year ago and it's rough and tumble um, construction guys, Mm -hmm. right? So when you think of intentional workplace culture and chief heart officer and stuff, the last thing you think about is probably construction. Mm -hmm. And so we started doing some exercises and taking them through some things. And we get together and I work with them every month. Mm -hmm. um, But we're helping them to take ownership. And so the first few months, it was a little rough, just getting people to buy in. And, uh, you know, they would cuss and belch and burp. And Mm -hmm. I mean, just, you know, it was just, I mean, typical guys, right? Right. Very rough. And we had a, a meeting this week on Tuesday and uh, it was over the phone because they're spread out all over the country. And as we were doing this call towards the end, uh, one of the guys on the call said, hey, you guys, we've because we were talking about how they've changed over the year. And one of the guys said, you know, we've all changed so much. And then each one of them shared how they had changed. And just they were so much more aware as human beings. And they talked about not only is this impacting my team at work, but it's also impacting my personal life. 
Right? Another guy's like, yeah, my relationship with my wife is so much better. I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. And then the kicker, <laughs> they said, you know what, you guys? Um, so this this session, these sessions we're doing with Frank, we need to go beyond that on our own. Let's create a mindfulness group. A bunch of construction workers. And I thought my head was going to explode. <laughs> right? And I said, what are you guys talking about? And they said, you know, we really, how can we be more mindful of ourselves and the people in the world around us? And I was like, okay, I can die now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is, you know, what's, what is, what is changing in the landscape of business? I mean, the reason why I want to work in culture is because business is the most fertile ground for transformation right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like... People want something more. I mean, it's kind of what 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 you and IBC did for us to mm-hmm. say, hey, what do I want my life to be? Businesses are finally realizing that's their opportunity with employees yeah. and the people they work with. And, and it is about kind of integrating more parts of ourselves. I mean, what you did with those guys and what I'm trying to do is like you don't have to just be rough and tumble or you don't have right. to just be like... Um, the super salesperson, you can also have this sensitive side. You could also be still for a minute and um, think about what you want and set intentions. And mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I have one other quick example. Mm-hmm. So we have a really good friend of ours who went to work with for an insurance agent. And the, the insurance agent was very high energy and big chunk. And I mean, he's out there, right? And he's just like out there. I I can only imagine. And so (laughs) our friend is kind of reserved and very articulate and very purposeful and extremely loving. And so it's like a collision of two worlds. And But the culture of this company, of this partnership now, and they've added more people, but the culture has changed because it's now an accumulation of all the people on there, but they're being much more intentional about how they go about doing things. Mm. And I believe, although I don't have proof, but I believe that they're much more successful because they're helping a lot more people now because they're more intentional about, hey, how do we want to go about this? You know he was going to bring <laughs> your team into it. But I think what I think is really good to say... I was talking about Chris Bay and, and Mike, Mike Everett. Everett. <laughs> So, well, but I, I will say the point being, which I think all small business owners can really take from that, mm-hmm. is that the leader, the founder, whoever's running the company is setting the tone for culture. Absolutely. That's yes. one thing. Mm-hmm. Whether so, they want to or not. So right? Mike Everett was, was the culture until you stepped in and said, no, we're going to do this together and now we need to find... And so that's the second point is that every time you add somebody in, yes. it change. I mean, it's like a Petri dish. I mean, mm-hmm. it is culture. So mm-hmm. you add another drop into the Petri dish. That's going to change everything. everything. And unless you're intentional about it. Um, and then the third point would be, and this is, I lost I, this. When you get inside, you can mm-hmm. lose sight that the development of the leaders at the very top is the most important development because mm-hmm. they're the ceiling for the company. Yeah. So if the leaders aren't growing and evolving and stretching themselves, mm-hmm. then everybody will catch up and then that's going to be where you end. You know, that's that's the extent of success for your company. You guys are fantastic. <laughs> we could go on for hours we about could go this. On. In obviously. fact, we're going out to dinner after. But we're out so but we have to <laughs> stop because we're out of tape. That's it. Yeah, we're out of tape, old man. Now, um, I will wrap up with just a couple things. One, um, 
Mike Everett, my business partner, had, and he is the founder of Life Success and Legacy, he had to be open to yes, allowing absolutely. me to come Correct. in Correct. and to be able to express myself. Mm-hmm. And I had to respect and honor who he is. Yes. And how do we make this come together? Um, and today I was reminded um, he's been working on a specific case um, that only Mike Everett could on our team could probably do. And he's putting together some situations to share with a potential client. And he shared with me, he says, you know, at first when I got this request... I thought, this is a pain in my day. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to take the time to do this. Mm-hmm. But then it dawned on him. He said, you know what? The request that this potential client has of us, it's actually making us better. Mm-hmm. And it reaffirms our values and what we're about. And he has been on fire working on this project Very for cool. this potential client. So that's, um, that's I, I give great kudos to my business partner and my mentor uh, Mike Everett, um, because he really, really has gone against his his natural mm-hmm. who he is to allow us, Mike Crawford, myself, Shelley Forbes, Chris Garretts, and all the other associate coaches, got them all in, to come in and express ourselves and mm-hmm. get to do what we love to do. That's so, when you talk so about important. culture, Chris, it's a total collaboration, mm-hmm. right? Of all of you coming together, yeah. And this, and it's there's an old cliche, right? The sum of the parts is greater than the individuals, and I think you guys, that's a perfect example mm-hmm. of that. Shout out, Mike Everett. We love you. We do love you. Uh, Rachel, Frank, thank you for joining us. We're going to have to do more of this. Thank you. This is fun. Can I do the Can I do the closeout? Please do. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Chris Bay. This is life, success, and legacy. And legacy. (laughs) That That's good. Um, Big chunk. uh, Yeah, big chunk. He did a nice job. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. Those of you who want to uh, check out our other podcast, you can go to lifesuccessandlegacy.com. If you have not read Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, we encourage you to get that. And we look forward to our next podcast. Thanks for joining us.